Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Mike. And I'm Allison. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Just you. Yeah, just clapping you're, again. You're just a funny human. Doing the audio thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's a good way to get you laughing every episode. <laughs> so uh, we are a uh, crime and coffee couple. We come out with a new episode, a new try, true crime episode every Sunday. We um, sure do. Right around 9.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. And uh, we try to bring you something that's interesting, caught our eye. And uh, today, I'm the one telling the story. You sure are. I'm going to sit back and relax. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. So uh, before we get started here, um, we'd like to say thank you for your awesome reviews. We're just shooting up the rankings on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Audible and all those. So thank you so much for listening. And i just like to read you know, one of the selections here just to say you know, thanks for, for leaving those reviews. Um, this one is, says y'all are amazing. Y'all said you need a review. So here you go. You two are amazing. The fun, loving attitude towards each other and your opinions are always on point. I always enjoy listening to you. Tell the story of a true crime always makes the day better. Keep it up. Have a great day. Oh, very sweet. So thank you. We appreciate each and every one that was left for us. We know it's, you know, a little pain in the tush to take the time to do it, but it is appreciated. Yeah, yeah. So it helps us out. So, you know, at the very least, yeah, give us what we say. uh, If you've listened to us three times, it's time to put out and go ahead and uh, leave a review. We appreciate it very much. So uh, what's been going on with you, babe? Oh, it's uh, this is a Christmas episode. It is. Not that your topic is Christmas, but this will be released on Christmas Day. Correct. Uh, And we were recording this a couple weeks early. And with that being in spirit, that's, you know, pretty much where we're at is just getting ready for the holidays, making sure our lists are complete, baking cookies, wrapping presents, uh, watching lots and lots of Christmas movies. Yeah. um, We mentioned a couple of two, three weeks ago that um, we started watching Christmas movies very early on. Mm -hmm. So I was worried that we might not have enough Christmas movies to watch. And and we do. Well, I don't know about that. I can only think of two good Christmas movies left. And we still have two weeks before Christmas for us, even though this is being listened to at Christmas. Yeah, we're pre-recording just so we're freed up for the holiday. But no, there's plenty. We're good. Don't um, you worry your pretty little head. Um, Home Alone 2 is a good one. And also, It's a Wonderful Life, which we can't watch It's a Wonderful Life until actual Christmas Day. No, we'll watch Eve. that sooner. Christmas Eve is too hectic. Okay. Um, name another good Christmas movie we haven't seen already. Um, the one with Scrooge. Uh, why am I completely drawing a blank? Oh, okay. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Well, that's not good. I love that one. Okay. I know you love it. It's more nostalgic than yeah. Anything it, and else. we watched Family Stone yesterday. Yes, great, great movie. Great one. Yeah. So we'll be fine. Yeah. So you like that, and you like um um you're looking forward to getting takeout tonight. Yes, our routine is really like every Saturday we just do takeout and it's like what we all just expect and it's my <laughs> night off of cooking because we do cook the rest of the week. Yeah, what you like to do is do like a, a big meal on Monday that'll go through Tuesday and then another one on Wednesday that'll go through Thursday. Exactly. So like two meals a week mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes you throw something in there that's a little off the wall or so something. So it's a nice night to just like put movies on and get some takeout and just be together as a family. It's like... I love it. And the kids expect it. They're like, okay, uh, we doing takeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I want. And here's what, and I'm usually the runner to go get the You stuff. are the runner. Um, so what, if it's if I'm going like this way on the big street, then this is your options. If I'm going this way, then these are your options. Yeah. And yeah. we do appreciate you, Mike. Uh, I'm sure you do. You're a good man. No, well, you know. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, uh, for Christmas, it's a little unique. We have a unique scenario. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I've brought it up before, but I like to talk about it. Um, so what we do as a family... We have Allison's parents come over 
uh, for Christmas for Eve. Christmas Eve. And we have a nice little time together, eat some appetizers, share some stories, maybe play games, whatever. The kids we are open with. presents. Yeah. Well, that w- I was going to get there. So then we open presents from each other. Okay. Not from like the family of four, like from Not my from parents yeah. and the nieces and We open their presents from us and all the kids get to open them from their grandparents and their uncles and aunts and all that good stuff. So they have a great time. That's all said and done. Everybody leaves around 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock or whatever because they have an hour drive. And then the next day, Christmas Day, we go to drive to see them in Sarasota. I'm always confused at why you find that strange. I just think... So your suggestion is that we just don't see family on Christmas? Mm. Well, here's my thought process. The kids like get new stuff and it's, um, you know, usually some kind of a game or some kind of a thing they want to play with. Now, if it's like an iPad, they can bring it over there. That that makes sense. But like sometimes, you know, one year camera got a basketball net and he couldn't play with it Christmas Day. So do most people not see their family on Christmas? I'm sure they do. Just Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm so I, I don't understand the problem. I'm not against I'm always it. baffled when you bring it up 10 times every Christmas, right, basically. Oh, man. I saw the wave really spike up. You must be getting angry. I'm getting annoyed. Yeah. I'm, well, I bring it up a lot, so that's you probably do. why. That's, yeah. You know, I, yeah, we're going to see our family on Christmas. Oh, that's bizarre. Well, no, that's not bizarre, but go on. The same one that we saw the day before. Yes, because we only have one set of parents here. Your right. parents are still in Illinois. I'm not against it. It's just I like to... Bring it up and say it's a little interesting. Your, your face is a little interesting. <laughs> it is, and that's why you love it so much and kissing yeah. it. And then, I feel like punching it right now. But yeah. um, So here I, I brought it up to a guy that was, I was walking home from school after I dropped off our daughter, and I was bringing it up. I was like, yeah, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you? And I explained it to him. He's like, huh, that's weird. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it it's was not weird. weird. You're, you're, weird. you're weird. Folks, go ahead. Send us an Instagram. Tell, tell Allison how weird it is that we see the same it's people. It's so strange that we see my parents on Christmas Eve and Christmas. How bizarre. Thank you. I agree. I agree. So bizarre. I agree. So that's uh, that's uh, we're, that's what we'll be doing. Christmas. Okay. Yeah, it is what we'll be doing. I kind of like to have like a shit eating grin while I talk about this. Oh too. God, I'd <laughs> like to pu- I'd like to punch it right off your face. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Um, oh, so we're about to tell a story here. Go ahead and grab your uh, drink of choice, whether it's uh, coffee, tea, beer, soda, wine, um, or martinis. maybe you're not having anything to drink while you're listening to this. Maybe you're folding laundry right. or driving your car. Yeah, a lot of different options. One never knows. Um, I do want to say really quick. Uh, uh, again, not an ad like the last one, but the last one wasn't an ad either. Uh, these sodas, Poppy, they're fantastic. Uh, they are prebiotic sodas. They got like 20 calories each, around 15, 20. Um, they're just ma- like, I don't know. They're they're fantastic. What would you say about them? I love them. Personally, I drink water all day long. I have yeah. coffee in the morning, but it's nice to have something a little bit different. It's like, like a little treat. A hint of sweetness. It's it's interesting. They have one that tastes like similar to Dr. Pepper and another one that tastes like similar Root to cola. Yeah. cola. The cola one kind of tastes like a, a rum and coke, if I'm going to say, hmm. um, to me, which I don't like a lot. But um, this one's interesting. Strawberry lemon and only 15 I, calories. I wouldn't say it's a hint of sweetness. I would say it's pretty darn sweet. It is. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. But it's not. I think there is some of that. Uh, what's that? Stevia? It's one of the artificial sweeteners. Yeah. Stevia is in this one. So it's interesting p-o-p-p-i they're kind of expensive like two bucks a can so i you know worry about that but you just use them as a treat yeah that's what i'm doing mm-hmm. and, you enjoy uh, mike i'm gonna pop it open here real quick just oh, so you're there not, it is yeah there it is so um this week is my week to tell the story here and i will do so how does that sound yeah, that sounds like a fantastic plan to me because i'm ready okay i've good. got my listening ears on good so this is the sad story of Brittany loritz okay this story happened in salisbury north carolina a town with a population of about 35,000. Um, so not too big, not too small. Did you say South Carolina? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. 
um, about 45 minutes, 45 minutes north of Charlotte. Okay. Uh, Salisbury has a cute little downtown area, like a lot of these, you know, southern towns. And uh, like a lot of towns in the south and northeast uh, here in the U.S., the town has some history to it. Um, so, yeah, quaint little town. Brittany Loritz at this time is 18 years old. Her father's name is Roderick Loritz. And Roderick said this about Brittany, quote, Everybody around her knew she was special. She had a heart of gold. She was an angel. Mm. Okay. So Roderick shares custody of Brittany with her mother, Tina. And Tina is now married to her husband, Reggie Weeks Jr. Okay. So Tina's married to Reggie and uh, Roderick's her, uh, Brittany's father. Brittany mostly stayed with her mother. Um, so it seems like she has, you know, uh, I don't know why that, you know, uh, Roderick wasn't more. Uh, well, probably just female fe- to yeah. female. Oftentimes, you know, daughters are yeah. more drawn and have more in common with their, their moms. Yep. Whatever the reason may be. Um, but and Brittany's it, an adult at this point. So yeah, you're right. So yeah. it's up to her. And um, Roderick did stay involved in Brittany's life. You know, he'd show up to some school stuff and taking her to parks and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it wasn't like he was absent or anything. Uh, the Weeks family itself was pretty well known in town. Reggie had a good name for himself. His family had a long running construction business and was respected pretty well throughout town. Um, also, to show he was respected, some people refer to him as a deacon since hmm. he and his family would worship at a church nearly every day of the week. Oh, wow. So not just like every Sunday, like six to five to six days out of the week. And what religion was this? Something, I don't know. I would imagine some kind of Christian Most churches Baptist. don't meet seven days a week. Right. But they, a lot of them have fellowship and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure that that's why he was probably a leader and yeah, yeah had, getting had, the community involved. Right. Like we went to Starbucks today and there was a bunch of guys talking and you know, together, probably yeah. stuff like that. Um, this story takes place in the summer of 2005. Brittany had just graduated high school, so she had a good job for the summer. Everything was lining up really nice. You know, like I mentioned, her dad said she was smart, super special. Um, she, you know, graduated and she was really intelligent and was getting ready to go to college with uh, all the extra money she saved up. Um, you know, just looking forward to having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had her whole life ahead of her, obviously. But on Monday, July 11th, 2005 that all changed Mm. as a lot of these stories do normally in salisbury the police are used to calls for regular you know suburban type crap like breaking into cars and maybe some you know spray paint on things or whatever it might be small robberies and a domestic dispute Mm -hmm. those sort of things but on july 11th uh, dispatch came through the police radio and the person on the other end of the 911 call was saying quote we don't know what to do She's been stabbed. So police rushed to the scene where two EMS workers were already checking on 18-year-old Brittany Lawrence. Mm. Brittany was found face down on the floor of her bedroom next to her bed. She'd been stabbed in her neck, and her blood was on the floor and on her bed. Gosh. Uh, Mostly on her bed. Clearly a homicide, and it shook the community, as you can imagine. Especially Uh, with her being in her own home. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sickening stuff. This wasn't a violent area, anything like that. I mean, this would shake anybody. Of course. Know? So, obviously, all police and any resources that Salisbury had uh, as a community were focused on fighting the right person, or not the right person, but whoever's responsible. Who did this. Yeah, for this crime. So, uh, there was a lot of blood, as you could imagine, but it was all located pretty much in one spot, which was interesting, meaning she wasn't moved and she wasn't moving much as she was bleeding out, so it wasn't much of a struggle. Uh-huh. Um, investigators also found an unbound metal hanger 
near her bed. Now, when you say unbound, like they took it apart? Yep. So you can strangle somebody with it, basically. Okay. Okay. And it seemed to be used to strangle her, along with stabbing her in the neck. Jeez. The attack didn't appear to be sexual, because police found Brittany's clothes were still on. Okay. Instead of sexually motivated, they found every drawer in her room and cabinets around the house were open with things tossed on the floor. Like, as if this was a robbery. Yep, exactly. Like, what are you looking for in an 18-year-old's bedroom? Right. Do you really need to stab and kill this 18-year-old? Exactly. Uh, Police initially speculated this looked like a burglary attempt gone wrong. Or was it just done up that way to look like it? Exactly. Uh, Let's open all the cabinets and throw some crap about so that it looks like a robbery. Exactly. So that maybe this person wasn't coming to kill Britney specifically. She just happened to be collateral damage. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know about that. So the only thing wrong with this theory is there are plenty of valuables that were still there. It, well, there that's always go. how it is. It's always like, did anything of value get taken? No. Like, it, you know, sometimes they don't even like try to make things look like that. But it was like, uh, I think there was jewelry, a computer, like a bunch of stuff that was highly valuable that was not taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no signs of forced entry. So no broken windows, you know, un- unlatched doors. So it didn't seem like anyone broke in. So perhaps Brittany knew the person and let them in prior to, you know, any, everything happening here. Um, so who did it? First step, what do you think? Well, inside out, you're going to look at the parents. Yep. So they interview Brittany's family. Less than 24 hours after Brittany's body was found, Brittany's mom and stepfather, Reggie Weeks Jr., were being interviewed by investigators, as you'd expect. Reggie was the last person to see her alive and the first person to find her body. Okay, which doesn't mean anything. No, that's just facts. So they had to find an airtight alibi to make sure he wasn't a prime suspect. Right. Because there's, you know, clear evidence on both ends there. Reggie said he left home around 7 a.m. that morning, had a quick chat with a neighbor, then went to a job site. After that, went to a different home to repair some sheetrock in a bathroom Then he went to uh, a mechanic shop, and finally, around 4 p.m., he picked up his father uh, before meeting with the lady to propose a quote on a job. So all things that could be verified with other people. Yeah, independently. Mm -hmm. Yep. The only thing is, he had to stop at home to get some papers for the proposal. Okay, so he stopped home around 4 p.m.? Yep. And when he got into the house, he saw the drawers in the computer stand were opened up and messy, which was highly unusual since they kept a a very tidy home and made me think of us. Like, Mm -hmm. if stuff was thrown everywhere, you'd know some shit went down. The second I walked in the house, I'd be like, what is going on? Well, first you'd be like, what is my house a mess? Oh, wait, something's bad. Yes. Yeah. I'd be like, who did this? Mike. (laughs) Be like, kids, kids, hurry, hurry, clean something. Um, So Reggie called Brittany's name with no answer. So he found Brittany in her room on her bed. With a hole in her neck and blood all over. Okay. He immediately grabbed her in his arms and held oh, her while geez. he screamed in fear of Brittany being dead. That's traumatizing. Yeah. It's very sad. So, you know, as any father figure would do, you know, you find... Or human, you right. know, you see another human being like that, it's horrible. Yeah, I'm putting myself in his shoes. So, yeah, it's absolutely. Awful. Male or female, for sure. So, Reggie's dad heard his son's cries and came to see the terrible scene that Reggie found. These are the details given, so police have to check each one out, Mm -hmm. like you said. Reggie said he was willing to do whatever necessary to help, including take a polygraph test, whatever is needed. As for Brittany's mom, Tina, it was much simpler. She went to work, stayed there until 4 p.m. when she got home. Police were able to confirm that pretty quickly. Sure. So she's no no chance. No chance of anything with her, basically. Mm -hmm. 
pleased to ask Reggie, could you think of anyone that could have done this? Like anybody in her life that could have something wrong? You know, you're trying to trace the the trail and everything. But Does Reggie, she have a boyfriend? Yep. Could it be her dad? Could it be yeah some some kind of ex boyfriend that's doing something bad? And he's like, no. I mean, she, everybody loved her. There's no reason to. Like she was a great girl. Right. Who would do such a vicious, horrific, and violent thing? That's crazy. Right. I'm stabbing somebody in the neck. That's 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 hateful. Like disgusting. Yes. Right. So remember Brittany's father, Roderick? Of course. Police looked into him, as you'd expect, but it turns out he was out of town at the time. Okay, that seems pretty solid. Yep, Roderick also offered to take a lie detector test because he said he was so dedicated to finding out who killed his daughter. Of course. Which you would expect from any father. Um, As police investigated the case, interviewing people in homes nearby the Weeks home, just to try to see if there's anybody that saw anything whatsoever, any kind of leads or whatever they might have seen, a couple people said they saw someone running through a yard, mm. um, but the problem was they couldn't identify anyone. They're like, yeah, it was just someone. Like, nobody I knew, I had nothing I could see. Sure. And, you know, you're busying yourself at home. You're not going to, like, lock in the details. Oh, and he had jeans on and black shoes or whatever. Right. It's You, you don't know that this is a significant thing that you could potentially be seeing. Oh, sorry. Okay. Mike's pinging his phone for some reason I during just, our podcast. My Apple Watch was starting to go off. I'm sorry. Okay, now we're better. So, <laughs> Back to it. Yes. Um, so where do they go from here? Uh, that, that, that Those leads went nowhere in the mm-hmm. yard. So where do they go from here? Well, they got the results of Brittany's preliminary autopsy results. Um, it said Brittany was strangled with the wire hanger first and then knocked unconscious from that wire hanger. Well, not knocked unconscious, but was unconscious from the wire hanger, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like struck in the head unconscious or from no, the no, strangulation? from the strangulation. Oh, okay. So she was strangled with the wire and that knocked her unconscious. <sighs> But the thing that killed her was the stab wound to the neck. So that explains why there was blood only in one spot, because she was already unconscious Mm -hmm. when that happened. Um, So it sounds like this person didn't realize that strangling somebody to death is not an easy feat. Right. And then reverted to stabbing. And I mean, from true crime podcasts, and you've taught me that it takes much, much longer than you think. They say on average about eight minutes. And that's, you know, a horrifically vicious and personal thing to just watch the life of somebody leave them. Absolutely. So unfortunately, you know, she was unconscious and then stabbed in the neck. And that's what ultimately killed her. Um, unfortunately, the autopsy also found an abrasion on Brittany's genitals. Oh, God. So there could have been some kind of sex that happened, uh, some kind of sexual contact. Whether it was consensual or not is unknown. Um, really kind of impossible to verify. There was no, like, fighting signs, you know, no DNA in her nails or anything like that that they found. Um, no signs of a struggle. And the metal, medical examiner said it could have been consensual as well. Um, I guess... I don't want to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I can understand what you're saying, but I, I, I don't know. It's just terrible to even think about. Yeah. So there was no, well, but the thing is, it does give some ideas as far as maybe who could have done this. Well, who was she romantically involved with? Yep. Also, there was no DNA found in the area. So the killer may have worn a condom. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, Brittany had all her clothes on as well. So police are thinking at this point, this is someone who cared about Brittany enough to redress her. Either that or they, you know, got together, did their thing, she got dressed, and then whatever reason he would do this. Maybe a fight. A fight, then strangled her. Yeah. So at this point, police are police are hypothesizing maybe this was a sexual partner that she let into the home, you know, came over and said, hey, uh, you want to hang out? Sure, whatever. And then... 
they were having sex with consensual choking. Perhaps, um, but with a wire hanger? People are into stuff, man. Okay. Uh, I know, mean, whatever you want to do. I don't it. know. As long as they have their safe words or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, when Brittany passed out. So maybe the sexual partner was freaked out and, and was stabbed like stabbed her scared and to cover tracks, maybe stabbed her and faked the robbery. That seems highly unlikely. Yeah. When I was researching this, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. That's like, you I know. could see panicking and fleeing the scene. Right. And you know, but to, to then stab her. <laughs> like, mm, no. Yeah. It's like, just leave it at that, man. I mean, you're not thinking clearly, obviously you're but, panicked, but um, obviously they're going to look at her cell phone. Yeah. Um, well, that didn't come into play because she was at home the whole time. But she was maybe texting, hey, oh, texting. do you want to come over? How right. about three o'clock? Okay, great. True, true. Uh, that doesn't come into play at all. Interesting. So, yep. Which tells me this was not a prearranged thing. Uh, most likely. So this sounds somewhat conceivable, but then, like I said, the stabbing, you know, that they really wanted to kill Brittany, that doesn't make yeah, any sense. no. So did Brittany have a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Uh, police spoke to Brittany's sister, Asti Lortz. This is an interesting relationship. They didn't live together, um, but they talked pretty much every day. And Where does Asti live? Uh, a couple miles away, so pretty close. How old is she? Uh, younger. I don't know exactly. A few years younger. So she lives with her father, Roderick? I don't know that either, for sure. Okay. But it's, she lives well, she's with not living with her mom and Reggie, and she... I don't know if that's her mom. Okay. Okay. Maybe it, not. Maybe not. Let's okay. not get into it. Doesn't matter. Well, they have the same last name. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I guess that's her. So dad. Roderick Loritz. Maybe he lives. She lives. I don't know who she lives with. But anyways, it's her sister who's very close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't live together. They talked pretty much every day. Uh, Asti said Brittany was her best friend. Mm. So she's a great source. You mm-hmm. know, they talk about things every single day, likes, dislikes, all that stuff. And maybe she's not going to confide to her parents about some relationships, but she will her sister. Correct. Especially one that might be abusive or whatever. Sure. Um, so Asti told police Brittany's current boyfriend is a guy named Terry Biddle. Okay. Brittany told Asti everything was great about Terry and that he was just, quote, perfect, perfect, perfect. Hmm. Um, police said Terry asked Terry to come in and he immediately cooperated with the investigation. Okay. I mean, so, maybe he's a great guy. Right. And maybe he is perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, police started with basic questions like, how's the relationship going? Have you guys had any fights? When's the last time you saw her? Whatever, whatever. Then they got down to it and they said, where were you the day or yeah, the day Brittany was murdered? Of course. That's why he's there. They're not there to chit chat. Yeah. Let's cut the shit. Terry said he hadn't seen Brittany in about two weeks because Brittany and her family were on vacation. Hmm. Okay, were they? Interesting. Uh, Yes, they were. Okay. So that checks out. Police looked into Terry's alibi, and everything checked out in his end. He truly had not seen her in a while. So I'm guessing they looked at the cell phone records, and it was probably corroborated, saying, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I want to see you, whatever. You know, whatever. just didn't work out. But police continued looking into Britney's past boyfriend. So this guy was a clear dead end, no doubt about it, 100%. Mm -hmm. So he's off the table. Yep. Um, especially when they got some interesting information out of Brittany's mom's te- Brittany's mom Tina mm-hmm. uh, about past boyfriends. About five years prior to this, before Brittany died, mm-hmm. Brittany had an abortion. She was only thirteen. I guess so. Oh wow! So who is this partner? Yep. Police asked if they knew who the father was, and she said no. Tina quickly became emotional and didn't want to talk about it anymore. Well, you you kind of have to. We need to find out who did this. I mean, this is the death of your daughter. Your daughter is gone. We need to f- get justice to whoever did this to her. I can understand, you know, it's a very emotional subject. Oh, I, I mean, time, I, I wouldn't even want to imagine putting myself in her mom's shoes. But what it comes down to is you want to find this horrific person who did this to your baby girl. Yep. 
So I, that that's kind of struck me as weird too. But yeah, she said basically don't want to talk about it anymore. But police turned to the neighborhood gossips. Okay. So yeah, they they were very helpful in this situation. They found out that Brittany had an old boyfriend named Jerome Buckler. Okay. He was older than Brittany. I don't know how much older, but clearly older. And at that time, you know, 13, 14, I'm guessing he was 17, 18, maybe 20s area. You know, some young people make bad decisions and think that, you know, we've said this a million times. If there's an older guy or older girl who's into you, they're a loser. But we don't know that. I mean, he could have been 15. Uh, he, he was significant. You know, he was older. From what you read. Yes. Okay. So I didn't when, find out exactly, but it's he was it was weird older kind of. So when she was 13, it was basically statutory rape. Yes. In that area. Let's not say factually, but that's the feeling I okay. got from reading. Okay? Got it. Um, he also had a criminal record at the time. So probably not a stand-up guy just you know based off of that little information we have reggie agreed the family had some problems with this jerome guy mm-hmm. so police interviewed him jerome initially had a tough guy act going you know coming in like you know just thinking he's a shit and whatever but quickly broke down and started crying not mm-hmm. shortly after that okay he wasn't nervous so the police were like you know kind of reading him like you know you expect investigators are looking for these clues they're like, he's not nervous acting. He's more like actually sad. Well, and if he didn't have anything to do with this, it's devastating to hear that somebody you once cared for is viciously dead. Yep, absolutely. And that's the feeling they're getting. And police asked if he'd give them hair and blood samples, and he did that right away, voluntarily. Okay. So they didn't have to chase him for it. He checked out 100% clean, so no dice with Jerome. All right, so Jerome, off the table. Yep similarly any of britney's old boyfriends or potential relationship interests they were looked into also disqualified hmm. so britney britney's mostly a homebody uh her friends described her as quiet and a peacemaker mm-hmm. uh, so this was there wasn't much else to investigate from that perspective it's like right you know these are the people she was involved with these are the people that knew her i mean this is it pretty cut and dry yep police just couldn't figure out who might want her dead so what they did was just kind of look at what they already had and uh, Reggie and his family, the wife, dad, etc., uh, they were supposed to come into the police station to provide the DNA samples. They so I'm sorry when you said Reggie's family, the wife. Yeah, Reggie, his wife, who's uh, Tina. Brittany's mom. Yeah, yeah. Tina. Reggie, Tina, his dad. Yeah, um, were supposed to come into the police station to provide DNA samples. Okay, like they promised. Uh huh. And fingerprints, but they never showed. Huh. But they live in that house, so it's expected that their fingerprints are going to be everywhere. And well, yeah, of course. So, so they that's very suspicious. Hundred percent. So police are like, okay, this is weird. Police go to the Weeks home and say hey uh you know you you said you're gonna come by and you haven't uh we're just trying to look for those fingerprints and dna just give it to us and everything will be cool and when you say the week's home this was the murder scene correct yes yep reggie and tina's house sure and so reggie immediately said i hired a lawyer and we won't be cooperating with the investigation any longer (laughs) i mean that's like a flashing red light yeah you're not guilty but this looks damn damn damning your stepdaughter was just murdered and you would do anything and everything to cooperate to immediately just take yourself off the table as a person of interest clearly something's going on here yeah and not to mention tina's mom like well what? tina is i mean i'm sorry britney's britney's mom, mom. like <laughs> well how could you let this happen you know, your daughter's dead and murdered in your house and you're not cooperating it's crazy right yeah but i mean we know tina was at work at the time yeah and reggie was there with his father right 
So you would think like his father would be like, yeah, we just came in to get the papers and we're going to head out to the site. Yeah. So something, something is wrong, clearly. And police know that. Yep. So police start looking at Reggie's story more in depth. Mm -hmm. Remember how Reggie said he found Brittany and he held her in his arms? Yes. There was no blood on his shirt. Well, that's not possible then. And if he cradled Brittany shortly after getting stabbed in the neck, he would have likely had a good amount of blood on his shirt. Right. Uh, This makes a big target right away. Right away. Yeah. Next, they looked into Reggie's alibi story in more detail. Reggie said he left around 7 a.m., if you remember. I do remember. He talked to a neighbor briefly and then went to work. But according to two witnesses that saw Reggie's car that morning, Reggie made a U-turn in an intersection. So they both saw him. So like, you know, like I said, they know Reggie. Like he's mm-hmm. known like that. He's very well known in this neighborhood. They know his truck. They know sure. yeah, everything. He probably has a very distinctive truck. Yep. Reggie made a U-turn in an intersection and drove back to his home right around 7 a.m. So he left and came immediately back. Yep. Why would he go back to his home? Well, maybe he forgot something. Yeah, maybe. It's funny that he wouldn't mention that. According to his story, he wasn't back home until much later in that day. 4 p.m. Yep. Another wrinkle. Uh, He also was seen at his home around lunchtime. Which he said he did not do. Right. He was out and about all day. Yep. And you know who saw him? The mail lady. Oh. She remembers specifically running into him. She interacted with him and said he acted kind of upset and worried. Hmm. Maybe he was covering his tracks. And why didn't he mention to police that he had come home at, at noon? Great, great question. So police also asked neighbors about Reggie, saying he met with one of them before leaving for work around 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's natural. Go ahead and go talk to that neighbor. Which time. neighbor talked to him? Yep. The neighbor said uh, the neighbor Reggie claimed to talk to told police he didn't see Reggie till around 11 a.m. I mean, what are you thinking? <laughs> If if police came here and I'm like, yeah, uh, hi, so I, I, I could prove that I left at 7 a.m. I talked to my neighbor. Uh, okay, which which neighbor did you talk to? That guy right there across the street. Wh- how do you think the guy is going to say 7 a.m.? That's a very specific time difference between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. Did you think the neighbor was going to be like, yeah, that's right, 7 a.m.? Yeah, no, four hour no. difference. It doesn't add up. Because the neighbor is going to want to help solve this case and give factual, true facts. Yep, probably the, you know, a teenage girl he knows pretty well and living next door and, you know, was a good girl by all accounts. And it's scary to think that there could be a killer on the loose that Absolutely. could potentially harm your family. Yep. And one last thing, uh, things aren't looking good things for Reggie. Things are not looking good. Yep. You'll remember Reggie said he was getting a proposal ready with his dad. Yes. Reggie said the woman's name was Amanda Scott, who he was putting the proposal together for. So police went looking for her to corroborate the, the like her end of Reggie's story. Mm-hmm. The thing is, no record of an Amanda Scott ever asking for a quote or that Amanda Scott ever existed. So he's just making up names. Yep, Amanda Scott. And somehow thinking that police are not going to check what he's saying. Right. Wow. So it seems like Reggie made this all like this part of the story up to have his dad with him for an alibi to give police. So it's like you specifically made this up, just lied to your dad, said, Oh well, we gotta get this stuff from our house. Uh-huh. Purposely went in there, did what you did, screamed so he'd come see you so you'd have an alibi being like, Yep, me and my dad were there, just like you said earlier. Well, him and his dad were there. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. they just give fingerprints? Right? Yeah. So things unraveled here for Reggie pretty quickly. But what the hell would he kill Brittany for? Right. Right? Police are pretty sure he's the guy, but what's the motive? Let's pray that it's not because he was having a inappropriate relationship with his stepdaughter. Right. Brittany's father, Roderick, said he had a gut instinct that was Reggie Weeks. Oh. So on the day of Brittany's death, Reggie told Roderick, well, at least she died a peaceful death. 
what even though he was supposedly wasn't there until after britney's death the girl was strangled and stabbed in the neck yeah. what the hell is he talking about and a peaceful Roderick, death Roderick's like one how the hell do you know how she died and two exactly that she we know how neck. she was died she was strangled and stabbed and that is the opposite of peaceful yeah and that was the day of you know the day of britney's death so it wasn't like the autopsy came back and he knew that she was strangled right. first and passed out and then stabbed like but what would you possibly say a peaceful death when she was viciously murdered yeah right so that now was crazy. i'm curious to know what roderick's relationship was with reggie Oh, they don't go into that too much depth. Mm -hmm. Because if he had a gut feeling that Reggie could potentially be capable of something this horrific, one would think he didn't think very highly of Reggie. I would imagine. I mean, you know, he's living with his ex, I don't know, spouse. taking that off the table, you know, you might not love the person who's married to your ex. I don't know what kind of, but you could think that they would be capable of killing your daughter. Yeah you must not think that this person is a very stand-up person. I would agree. Uh, it seems like Reggie ran a pretty strict household also. Uh, this will give you a little bit of idea of what Reggie's like. He never let Brittany visit her little sister, like <laughs> I mentioned, which, like I said, she only lives, lived about two miles away. And the most they could do was talk on the phone, which is crazy. Like, this is her sister. They're both very close. Like, why wouldn't you let this happen? That's right? insane. And also, Brittany is 18 years old. Yeah, it's like, like she's an adult. Um, and so there's an element of control here. Oh, 100%. Brittany had told some friends that she was scared of Reggie. Mm. And he was super strict and controlling. He'd always want eyes on Brittany no matter where she went. Wow. Like, always. Like, if it was some school event, he'd want to be there just watching her and stuff. And, like, being like, you're not going anywhere after this. Mm-hmm. So Asti said Brittany would make jokes about finding out what Reggie was allergic to so she could bake a cake and put that in there. That's how much she didn't like him. Yeah, and obviously she was joking. She wasn't going to try to kill him. Yeah. But she'd always be mad at him and didn't really lead on as to why. Just mm-hmm. always, like, Asti's like, she just, like, hated him, just was mad and just, like, did not like him at all. And never really said why. Mm-hmm. But according to one of Brittany's friends, Brittany admitted that Reggie raped her. Oh, uh, well... There you go, because that's what I was saying. What would prompt him to do this? Because she was going to expose the fact that he was being very inappropriate with her. Yeah, and, you know, part of the motive, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. I'm sure I will, but, like, she's getting 18. She's going to be leaving the house. Like, you know, maybe it's like uh, she's not going to be under my thumb anymore. Yeah, of course. She's getting older and getting her independence. I told a similar story to this exactly almost. Yeah. That it was a stepfather. Yep. Um. So... Uh, let's see Brittany's friend was shook by the information and said i'm gonna have to tell somebody about this like it's not right for you to have been raped and nobody knows about it of course then Brittany made a joke she's like no no you know i was just playing around it's he didn't rape me or whatever you know she got worried about it because obviously she's worried what Brittany's gonna do if this gets out i can't that's just absolutely horrible and i'm sure poor girl yeah it was so living in fear and i'm sure he's like you know i know everybody in the council they would never you know convict me Mm -hmm. and all that shit like you know he was just using power and it's like you're like well known in Salisbury like who gives a shit maybe you know what maybe there are some twisted judges and stuff but I mean rape you know speak up please please girls speak up and guys whoever's getting raped you need to tell your story Um, obviously a big piece of the puzzle here that there may have been a non-consensual sexual relationship between Brittany and Reggie Mm -hmm. police also figured that Reggie created the bruise on Brittany um, in her genital area through blunt force trauma and not his penis so maybe to throw police off the trail or something like that um just like i don't even want to think about that so 
just horrific stuff. Brittany's father, Roderick, thought maybe Reggie didn't want Brittany to move out of the house and go to college. Mm-hmm. So I did put it Again, in like you said, he wanted to keep her under his thumb. Yep. Um, so instead of risking that, he killed her. Like, is that the motive? She may have said, screw you. I am going and telling everybody what you did to me. Yep. An arrest warrant was created for Reggie Weeks, and he was arrested August 12, 2005, close to exactly a month later. Roderick said he was kind of sick how Tina was protecting her husband. That, that to me, is where I am like, what the actual hell? Even after learning about how he raped and murdered oh, her, their daughter. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Reggie Weeks, this, this part really sucks. This is maybe, like, the, this is the second worst part of this whole story right here. Um, the worst part being Brittany's unfortunate death. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Reggie Weeks eventually cut a deal, an Alfred plea, okay. which we've talked about before, um, meaning that they plead guilty that not that they did what they did, but uh-huh. that the evidence presented would likely come out to a guilty outcome. So it's like basically saying, I'm not guilty, but you have enough evidence that I could see the jury convicting me mm-hmm. of being guilty. So it's not saying you're guilty, but you take something here. And the the plea is basically you get less than what you would have, mm-hmm. right? And he accepted second-degree murder and second-degree rape charges and received a nine-year prison sentence. What? Nine years. Oh, my goodness. This is the most, this is the worst, most absolutely sickening part of the whole thing. I am speechless. And, you know, I, I read comments on different, you know, news articles and things. One guy was like, what the hell is second-degree rape? Like, less rape? Like, what, you know, how, it's how, like... What does that even mean? Right. Did you rape her? Right. Did you kill her? Right. So... This makes me crazy. I mean, I guess the thing is, to answer those people, it's impossible to prove it, you know? So it's like, they don't have DNA samples on her. They uh-huh. don't have, you know, they don't have proof that he raped her. They have the story, you know? But right. it's like... Things aren't looking good, but we don't have definitive proof. Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, the... The attorneys were like, we can get him. We can't get him on the, the worst ones. And maybe they talked him into the plea deal. So at least they can get him on something. Man. Which is so frustrating because like this guy clearly raped and murdered his stepdaughter, which mm-hmm. is fucking sickening. And he's a fucking asshole. So I'm just appalled by Tina. It's disgusting. I mean, how can you possibly stand by somebody that could do this to your own child? Well, here's what really happened. Okay. The day that she died. Okay. okay. Just to get to this. Brittany and Reggie got into a very heated argument. So like you, like, I didn't even think about this, but like you were saying, maybe she said, I'm going to college and I'm going to like tell all these things and you're going to be nothing, Reggie, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's going to find out what you've done to me. And maybe even not that, maybe just like, maybe there was something as simple as, you know, you're not going to college. I've decided, Reggie's like, you're not going to college, Brittany. Sorry. And she's like, I'm going to college. Go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. Like I'm right. an 18 year old woman. I'm doing what I want. Good for Brittany for standing up to this monster asshole. Uh, controlling piece of shit Mm -hmm. that her stupid ass mother is married to pardon me i guess maybe not whatever but Brittany and reggie got into a very heated argument so reggie snapped now he left the house at 7 a.m and quickly you turned back around are we hypothesizing what happened or we actually know what happened uh this was presented to me as fact okay so i think he confessed so then how do we how are we doing an alfred plea here if you're confessing to doing it was part probably part of the plea okay or whatever you know knowing like this is it and then maybe it came out afterwards i don't know okay so reggie snapped threw her on her bed and started choking her with the metal hanger until she passed out Mm. 
He was scared he may have killed her, so he wanted to finish the job. He got a knife from the kitchen, brought it back, and stabbed her in the neck to make sure she was dead. Mm. He then removed her clothing and used some kind of object that made abrasions in her genital area. Oh my gosh, what a monster. To make it seem like someone raped her. Then he put her pants back on. So that's why they didn't find DNA. It wasn't condoms. Uh It was just, it wasn't. He used something, Mm -hmm. which is so, so fucking sickening and disgusting. Not surprising from this piece of shit. Um, so he put her pants back on. Then he kind of ransacked the house to make it look like a robbery. Right. But it obviously didn't work out. So he was sentenced to nine years, like I said. But he was released from jail on parole after serving seven years. Why? Because <laughs> the system sucks. Why would you release somebody two years early when it's a bullshit sentence anyway, when we know that he did this to this girl? Like, it even shouldn't even be an option. It's like, no, no, you're, you're definitely serving the whole thing, which isn't even enough. I mean, the nine years is laughable. And yeah. we, we gave him seven? Yep. That's just disgusting. There's people in jail for drugs for longer than that. Well, somebody commented again in one of these videos and stuff. They're like, um, my brother was part of like a, a drug ring and he got like 15 years. I mean, that's he removed the life of this young girl that had her whole life ahead of her and somebody on drugs could get more jail time. Right. I, I don't I, I will never understand. Makes no sense. Um, get this shortly after. He was released on parole. He went back to jail for violating parole. Nobody knows why. Okay, what he did. did. I mean, somebody knows, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, But he's now a registered sex offender um, and has satellite tracking on him. Uh, At one point, he was tracked at a school, which violated his parole. So maybe that was it. Like, what in the hell were you doing at the school? I know. That was just on one site. So I don't know if that's fact or not. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, let's just say he's a huge piece of shit. So supposedly, Brittany... Oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that was another part of it. But yeah, that's, that's where it ends. He's, this guy's out somewhere in the streets. And I don't know if he's still married to Tina, because this wasn't a very, very uh, reported on thing. I, there, there was a couple stories that came out, like there was a short, um, uh, like TV movies about it. Um, but. I just would like to know what happened with Tina that she wouldn't cooperate and she thought that reggie was more important than her own daughter apparently i don't know how that happens now the only thing i can see is that she's afraid of reggie too perhaps i mean he's got to be a controlling asshole piece of shit and very similarly being like i'll kill you too bitch you know oh, like man this guy is basically a scumbag so i mean if you know reggie go ahead and you know <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you to do that, i just but, can't if fathom. you know him you shouldn't know him I can't fathom that somebody who did such a horrible thing is just outliving his life. Yeah. It, it's just, it's disgusting. While the rest of us are like, you know, trying to work hard and, you know, make money for ourselves and our family and do good things. This scumbag. And all he stop. has pinned on him is he's a sex offender. Right. Like that's, that's it. I can't believe he wasn't like beaten in jail and stuff like that. I just, and you know, I just want like other women to know about this guy. Like keep your kids away from him. Stay away from him. Don't let him work on your house. Like, he needs to have a tattoo across his forehead that says murderer and rapist. Right. Right. That's just horrible. So horrible story. I'm sorry to Brittany and her family. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, sorry for the the downer here. Um, but you know, these, these stories are important to be known because Brittany, you know, was a very smart, intelligent, good, 
good girl all by all means just you know her life was taken to her too early i i can't imagine what Roderick, her father like must be going through yeah to think this piece of crap eliminated his child from this world it's if anything it feels like he just wants more people to know about stuff just so mm-hmm. you know they they don't have to go through the same thing so and, and really that is the the key point like if you you got to watch your kids around everybody whether it's an uncle or whatever uh, stepbrother or you know you just got to watch and make sure there's no weird yeah. signs because if there's weird signs there's probably something there right and like there's so many ch- stories of sexual abuse with little girls it's insane it is and you know you it's scary because we talked about it on previous podcasts where we want our children to have an enjoyable childhood and have their sleepovers because that's like huge for our kids like we have to say like guys we're not doing sleepovers this time because they're they both just love sleepovers and yeah. i mean nine times out of time we support it but you want to know the family where they're staying there's a lot of people that won't let their kids sleep over and i i get it i get the fear of like scary you don't want them to have to grow up with this shit you know Mm -hmm. it's it's ruining and then they could end up dead you know i mean it's just we're all just trying to do the best for our children just keep your eyes open watch for changes in behavior and hopefully catch things before they even happen and you like know? that friend of britney's like you know you see you hear something say something exactly well i always say that yeah hear something say something and that's a big thing at the schools with like you know the active shooter things we actually had a situation at our son's school where a student brought a gun in and luckily two kids overheard him talking about it and they did say something and you know you can prevent some horrible things from happening by speaking up i know it's scary to speak up and you don't want to like get anybody in trouble or you're fearful of what the repercussions are but it's just it's so important think of the worst case scenario of playing out and that'll be better yeah yeah so but anyway thank you all for being here yeah thanks to um hey if you love what you're hearing and you want to hear you know not love but you're interested in the stories we have to tell please uh we we come out with a bonus episode every other week and uh, those are only for our patrons so go ahead and uh head on over to the patreon.com um we have got the show the notes in the show link or the show notes links whatever yeah you know what i'm trying to say (laughs) Uh, so yeah, hopefully you have happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that stuff. I want to say, uh, and if you celebrate anything else, you know, Merry, happy, whatever. And, uh, thanks to our patrons, Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Elena, Vivian, Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Chastity, Elizabeth, Genevieve, Clara Ann, Emily, Kathy, Ava, Jovi, Eileen, Misty, Rochelle, Destiny, Ellie, Sherry, Melanie, Bettina, Rebecca, and Gabrielle. And if you're newer, uh, we recorded this two weeks ago, so um, we'll add you on the next one. So thank you for all of our patrons, mm-hmm. even the newer ones and uh, the, the longtime OGs. We appreciate you all. And uh, hopefully you have a great holiday season and see you at New Year's, I guess. Yeah, we uh, just wish you some health and happiness and good times with your family and your friends. And just be safe and happy. And until next time, we'll be back. Bye. Bye.